It's all good. I got long shoes. Amen. God is so good. Man, I say it almost every time I step in the pulpit. I'm just thankful God allowed me to wake up this morning. Sometimes we take the simple things for granted. And people say, I don't have anything to praise God about. Well, you're breathing. You have something to praise God about. Amen. Amen. You turn with in your Bibles, Exodus chapter 15. I. I give honor to each and every one of you. We've given honor to a lot of people today and over the last couple of days, but I want to give honor to each and every one of you. You could have been a lot of places this morning, but you made the decision to get up, to get dressed, and to come here. And I give you honor for that, and I give you thanks for that because it would kind of be pointless for me to preach if nobody was sitting out there. And so thank you for being here, and thank you for making the effort to be here. I give you honor today. Amen. I love Mimi. Um, she came into my life. I was, I think, three or something. I, she, I don't remember a time when she wasn't in my life. So that's how early she came in, and I love her dearly. Pastor Tim, Sister Teresa, like second, whether well, kind of in between, second set of parents, older older brother it's kind of a it's kind of a mixture but um, I love them they are family and I'm thankful for what God's done in in their lives and through them and the effect they've had on me and each and every one of you brother Vona was my youth pastor we've talked about memories and we've a lot of times we talk about Poppy and Mimi Brother Vona was my youth pastor and he almost killed me we were coming home from Horseheads, a youth rally, and me and a couple of the guys, we were in the car, and we went to sleep, and little did we know, Brother Vona was driving, but he was going to sleep too. We were all sleeping, and we got to a curve, and the road curved, and the car went straight, and we ended up in the middle of a field. Amen. But good memories, good memories. Amen. Amen. But I do, I do, I am thankful for the relationship we've had over the years. He has been an impact in my life, just like he's been an impact on every single one of your lives. I give him honor. Brother D's an incredible friend, friendship. And uh, just your life's about to change, brother. I'm just going <laughs> to. That is an inside joke, but one that I won't let die. Amen. Exodus chapter 15, beginning in verse 22. Exodus 15 and verse 22. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. And they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days into the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, and they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? He cried, and he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree which he had cast into the waters. And the waters were made sweet. And when he made for them... An, there he made for them a statue and an ordinance, and there he proved them and said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and wilt do that which is right in his sight, and wilt give ear to his commandments and keep all of his statutes, I will put, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians. And this phrase right here is what I want to preach. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. I am the Lord that healeth thee. And just for a few moments today, I just want to simply preach Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Rapha. 
God, I thank you for your word. It is anointed. I ask you help me to minister what you've placed upon my heart. Let give us ears to hear and hearts to receive what you have for us. I give you praise, glory, and honor for it. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. I do, I, I did forget, I do greet you for, for my parents. I spoke with them again this morning. They wanted to let each and every one of you know they are so sorry they're not here. They do love you and and um, they will hope to see you in a, in a couple of months. They were watching all of our services are watching probably right now. Amen. And I'm thankful for my parents. I couldn't ask for better parents and I'm thankful for them. I give them honor today. Amen. So what's in a name? That's the question I kind of want to deal with today. What is in a name? I'm on a mission today and I have a lot of ground to cover and I'm going to try my best to move fast. So I can't take the time to really set the plow deep, but I'm talking about a subject today. I'm, I love teaching and preaching on the name. I get on the name and I, I can be there for a long time, but it's one of my favorite topics to preach about, it's one of my favorite topics to teach about, and, uh, but I don't have the time to, to go into as much details as I would like, but the reason we preach and the reason we teach about the name is because when we have revelation, revelation always brings demonstration. When God reveals his name, and I'll get, get onto this here in a little bit, but every time God revealed his name, he demonstrated uh, his name. When he revealed an aspect of himself, uh, he would then demonstrate that aspect uh, to his people. And so uh, when God put it on my heart today to, to preach uh, that he is Jehovah Rapha, uh, I got excited because that told me what he's about to do in this place. Uh, God is going to sweep through this place today, uh, and there is going to be healing that's going uh, to take place uh, in this service psalm says psalms 8 and 1 oh lord our lord how majestic is your name in all of the earth so that makes me ask the question what is in a name there are those that, that say the name doesn't really matter. There's those that say you can call a rose uh, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I could call a rose a rock. Uh, I can call a rose a hippopotamus. It doesn't really matter what I call it. Uh, it's still going to be a rose, uh, and it's still going to sm smell just as sweet uh, as uh, it would regardless of what I'm calling it. But I have a hard time with uh, uh, accepting that, uh, that, that belief system. There is power uh, in uh, a name. Uh, the Bible tells us that there is power in the name. According to the scripture, names do matter and they have a great significance because they stand for something. They reveal something about a person's character. There are several instances, it's already been mentioned in the service today, where God changes the name of individuals. He changes and he gives them when he does, he gives them new capacities. Abel was changed to Abraham. Sarai was changed to Sarah. Jacob became Israel. All of these individuals, God said, I want to do something new in your life. I want to take you to a new revelation. I want to take you and use you in a new way. And I'm going to change how you've been known up to now. And I'm going to change your name. If God didn't feel there was an importance about the name, he wouldn't have worried about changing anyone's name. And the names of God, as he has unveiled himself throughout scripture, 
should be particularly noteworthy to us because they reveal who he is. They reveal his character. They reveal aspects of his character. They reveal his promises. They reveal his authority and his power. When God, as it was already said earlier, when God sent Moses on that divine mission, he said, I want you to go set my people free. I gotta send you on a mission. Moses said, before I go to Egypt and before I go to the people, they're gonna ask me a question and I need to know an answer. They're gonna ask me what? What is his name? So what am I going to tell him, God? And we know the story. It was already read, so I don't have to read the verse today. God said, you go tell them, I am who I am. The I am has sent me unto you. And so Moses is standing there, and God tells him, I am that I am. That means I air, I share, I air. The I air, I am, has sent me. Another translation of that means I will be who I will be. As in all the other names that we know God by when he reveals himself the key name of God he's I will be who I will be he says I am Jehovah God Almighty I will be who I will be I'm thankful for that today because I don't know what you're facing when you walked in this place but he will be who he will be and whether you need a savior he's a savior and whether you need a healer he's a healer and if you need a provider he's a provider you need a protector he's a protector he will be who he will be And so we can go boldly into our future and we can walk uh, in our present with boldness uh, because it may be unknown to us, uh, but it's completely known uh, to our God uh, and he is faithful uh, and he will be whatever we need him to be. Uh, that's why I can have smi a smile on my face uh, and a joy uh, in my step. Uh, I may be going through the battle of my life, uh, but I know uh, God will be uh, what he will be uh, and whatever I need, uh, he is more than sufficient he will meet my every need he will be who he will be and so he says Moses you go tell them I am the Hebrew there he gives this name to Moses it's YHVH is known as the tetragram he says, that's who I am. We call him Jehovah. In the, in the Hebrew, there are no vowels, so you got to kind of fill in the blanks there. Y-H-V-H, I mean, how do you say that without adding some vowels to it? So we call him Jehovah. Some say it's Yahweh, but, but, but it's Y-H-V-H. It represents the tetragram that God gives. It's the name that he's known. It's probably the most popular or the most familiar, excuse me, name throughout the Old Testament. I am who I am. I am Jehovah. I am Yahweh. Some, some Bible is translated as Lord. You see it, Lord. It's capitalized, L-O-R-D. He is Lord. He is Jehovah. He is Yahweh. 
way. And he says, he tells Moses that, that tell the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. And then he goes on to tell them, you sit, you tell the Israelites, I am the Lord, Y-H-V-H, Jehovah. Jehovah has sent me to you. Jehovah has sent me. I am has sent me. I will be has sent me. And this is the name that he's known. He goes by throughout the Old Testament. We see it over and over and over again. Jehovah. You talk to a Jew even today. Ask him his name. He's going to tell you Jehovah. 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 And he tells Moses, this is my name forever. It says in Exodus 3 verse 15, this is my name forever. The name by which I will be remembered from generation to generation. When God reveals his proper personal name to Moses, he transformed the relationship between himself and his people. It's a whole... Another ball game when you get onto a friendship. Uh, we have this friendship. He's my best friend. He's my brother. Uh, I'm not going to call him uh, by uh, his title. I'm going to call him by his name. Uh, there's something about the relationship uh, between me and God uh, when I finally get a revelation uh, of his name. Uh, he's more than just some God somewhere. Uh, he's more than just some distant figure uh, that's not attached to my life uh, that I know's out there in the horizon somewhere. Uh, but when I get a revelation of his name and I realize who he is he becomes personal to me he is my God he is my savior he is my healer he is my redeemer and so God calls Abraham his friend in Isaiah 41 and 8 but God doesn't reveal his personal name to him nor to Isaac nor to Jacob who would later become Israel Instead, he revealed a part of himself to them. One part he tells, he tells Abraham in Exodus 6 and 3, I am El Shaddai. I am God Almighty. Abraham is 90 and 9 years old, and God appears to him and says, I am God Almighty. I am El Shaddai. Walk before me and be blameless. I am El Shaddai. I'm thankful that Jehovah is also known as El Shaddai. He is powerful. He overcame Pharaoh. He miraculously delivered the children of Israel from Egypt. During every troublesome time of our lives when we need that powerful intervention, I'm thankful that I know a God who is almighty. I'm thankful that I know a God who is El Shaddai. Some people may foolishly put their trust in resources and abilities but those who know god can put their trust in his name knowing that there is safety there is power there is protection there is healing there is refuge in the name of god psalms 20 and 7 some trust in chariots and some in horses but we trust in the name of the lord our god Proverbs 18 and 10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. Every time God revealed another attribute of himself, it would just be attached to his name. To David, he was the shepherd. He was Jehovah Rohi. To Abraham, he was the provider. He became Jehovah Jireh. 
to Gideon, he was peace, the Lord my peace. He became Jehovah Shalom. Uh, to Moses, as he built an altar, uh, he became the Lord my banner, Jehovah Nisi. Uh, Judah uh, knew him as Jehovah Tixianu, uh, the Lord my righteousness. Uh, and, and it was in Ezekiel that we find him as the Lord that's there for me. He is Jehovah Shema. Uh, there is power uh, in the name. Uh, the name uh, brings revelation. Uh, and revelation always brings demonstration. I mean, he said, Mo, he says, Abraham, I want you to know me as the provider. So take your boy up on the top of this mountain, sacrifice him. The faith of Abraham, because he tells the men at the bottom of the mountain, you stay here, me and the lad shall return. Abraham said, I trust you enough, God, to follow you, but I don't understand it, but I'm going to follow you. It doesn't make sense, but I know one thing. This is my promise, and you'd never give me a promise, then kill it. So I don't know how you're going to do this. And if I have to put the knife into him, I'll put the knife into him. But, but you're the resurrector. You're going to have to raise him back up because this is my promise. And you're not going to give me some promise just to let it die somewhere. That's not who you are. That's not how you operate. So he tells the, he tells the men at the bottom of the mountain, I don't know how, but the lad and I, we're going to return. We'll be back in just a little bit. And they go up the mountain but God says I want you to know me as Jehovah Jireh your provider so I'm going to demonstrate that to you look behind you and there's a ram in a thicket and then Abraham says oh I see another aspect of God he is my provider I'm going to call him Jehovah Jireh And I could go through and I could talk about all of these because I love preaching about the name. And I could talk about Jehovah Jireh and Nisi and Shalom and all of these. But today, God specifically wanted, told me to focus on just one aspect of his name. And I just want to preach to you about Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Rapha means the Lord, my healer. He says, he introduces himself here in our scripture text in Exodus chapter 15 and he tells them if you'll keep my statutes if you'll follow my commandments I won't put any of these diseases upon you for I am the Lord that healeth thee he says I am the Lord that healeth thee right here in Exodus 15 and verse 26 we find the first time in scripture where God is introduced as Jehovah Rapha, our healer. To this point, they haven't known him as a healer. To this point, they haven't known Jehovah Rapha. But right here, God introduces them and says, I want you to get another revelation of who I am. Understand the setting. They're three days into the wilderness. They've had no water. It's hot. It's a desert. Three days, no water. You become very weak. I mean, just physically, it doesn't matter how great a shape you are in. You stand in the heat for a certain amount of time. You can only last a very short amount of time in heat without water. Doesn't matter how strong you are, it will take you down. We can't survive without water. And here they are, they're thirsting to death. They're three days in a desert without water. And, they, and, they, and they've been traveling and, all, and their oxen and all of their cattle and they're watching their kids suffer. And, and they realize that if we don't get water soon, 
we're going to die. And they find this body of water. And it's like just they're over, overwhelmed with joy because they're saved. And then I don't know who the first guy was. But somebody had to test the water. The Bible doesn't really talk about that. It just says it was Mara, the bitter waters. But somebody had to be the first one to figure it out. I mean, I don't know who that guy was or who that lady was, who that individual was, but they saw that water and they had been holding back as much as they could and they go running to this water and uh, I don't know if they scooped it with their hand. I don't know if they just got down on their knees and stuck their face in the water, but it was very shortly after uh, that they start spitting uh, and they stop telling everyone, wait, don't drink. It's bitter. That word bitter it literally means poisonous. It can make you sick. It can kill you. And now... It's like just pouring salt in a wound. Because they're like, Moses, what have you done? You've brought us out here to die. We're going to die of thirst in this desert. It's like you're three days removed from watching a sea part and walk across on dry ground. Three days ago, you were shouting about the victory. Three days ago, you, you walked through and that wall of water was on each side and you watched the Egyptian army drown in the very sea that you walked through. You watched God provide in a way and, 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 and protect in a way that you've never done, never seen before. But it only takes three days. And they're complaining. And they have completely forgotten what God did. Moses turns and says, God, what do I do? And God says, you see that tree over there? I love that. You see that tree over there? Trees don't just appear overnight. That tree's been there for a while. God knew they were going to get to that spot. And God knew they were going to need a solution. And, and God planted that tree years before. You think God is surprised by whatever it is you're going through right now? God's not surprised. You're surprised. You might not have known what was going to happen. It might have caught you by surprise. But don't put your attributes on God. God knew you were going to be here long before you ever knew you were going to be here. And God knows your need before you even ask about it. Before you even pray about it. And God has a solution long before you even have a need. God had a tree planted years before they ever got to that water. But he says, Moses, go over and get that tree. Throw it in the water. That's a tree I provided for you. Go throw it in the water. And he turns the water from bitter to sweet. It goes from poisonous to good. From bad to good. And God shows himself to be a healer. And he introduces this concept of himself to his people. I am the primary healer. Through him, all life exists. He gives life. He stops life. He heals life. Deuteronomy 32 and 39. See now that I, even I, am he, and there is no God with me. I kill and I make alive. I wound and I heal. Neither is there any that can deliver out of my hand. He said, I'm the one. I'm the healer. God said, I want you to know who I am. I am the healer. When the Hebrew children were sent into exile to Babylon, God promised that he would one day free them from their captivity. And along with that freedom, he said, I'm going to restore your health physically and mentally. Jeremiah 30 and 17, for I will restore health unto thee, and I will heal thee of thy wounds, saith the Lord. Because they called thee an outcast, saying, this is Zion, which no man seeketh after. But God said, everything that's broken, 
broken, every sore, every wound, every pain, I'm going to reverse. I am the Lord that healeth. Jeremiah 33 and 6, Behold, I will bring it health and cure, and I will cure them and reveal unto them the abundance of peace and truth. Before the Babylonian invasion, prophet by the name of Hosea lived in a time when the Hebrew people were threatened by the Assyrian nation, and he reflected in the same hope as Jeremiah. He said, God's going to allow some things to happen. There's going to be people that are going to be wounded by the enemy. He says, but God won't abandon us. We may be wounded but God won't abandon us. He's going to heal us. And in Hosea 6, 1 and 2, come and let us return unto the Lord. For he hath torn and he will heal us. And he hath smitten and he will bind us up. He says, now listen to this because this is very important. After two days, will he revive us? And listen to this. And the third day he will raise us up. You want to see foreshadowing? That's foreshadowing of what's about to take place. Hosea makes this prophetic statement talking about God's healing or revival and being raised up on the third day. We find it again when King Hezekiah of Judah becomes gravely ill. and The word of God comes to the prophet Isaiah and gives a very specific message. In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death. And the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, came to him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, set thine house in order, thou shalt die and not live. Then he turns his face to the wall and he prays unto God, saying, I beseech thee, O Lord, remember now how I have Walk before thee in truth and with a perfect heart and have done this with that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. And it came to pass before Isaiah was gone out of the middle court that the word of the Lord came to him said, Turn around and go tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people, Thus saith the Lord, the God of David thy father, I have heard thy prayer. I have seen thy tears. Come on, somebody. He's heard your prayer. He has seen your tears. Behold, I will heal thee on the third day. Thou shalt go up unto the house of the Lord. Two different instances the prophets prophesy about the third day. Type and shadow, foreshadowing of a Messiah that would come one day. Foreshadowing of that Messiah that would have the ultimate wound of death. But on the third day. But on the third day. Throughout the Bible, the word of God is frequently tied to the concept of healing. Proverbs, I mean, Psalms 107, verse 19. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saveth them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them. He sent his word and healed them. Genesis 2 and 7 talks about God breathes life and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. God breathes life. 2 Peter 1 verse 21, for the prophecy came not in old time but by the will of man that but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. That literally means they were moved by a breath of air. It means that God breathed on them. Covering a lot of ground very quickly. But God breathes life. There's, there's, there's this word, this Hebrew word that, that represents this. It's ruka. They teach us that, they teach that when we speak, you and I, we emit breath. But when God speaks, he breathes life. Every word 
He breathes life. When he speaks in Genesis and creation, God spoke and he breathed life into the planet. When we are wounded, he sends his word. He sends his breath. He sends his spirit and we are healed because when he speaks to us, his word brings life. His word, he breathes life. So every time he speaks, he just breathes life. You don't know what to do. You don't know how to pray. Get your Bible and just start reading. If you don't know anything else to pray, just pull out your Bible and start reading the Word of God because that's the breath of life. And it works every time. It brings life into that situation. When I don't know what to do, I don't even know how to pray. I know His Word is life. So I just grab Psalms somewhere and I'll just start reading and quoting the book of Psalms. And it brings life into my situation because his word when God speaks he breathes life I'll take it a step further Jesus is known as the miracle the healer he died on a cross he rose on the third day he's also referred to as the word the Old Testament associated the word of God with the future anointed Messiah they anxiously waited for the word of God to come to them. Jeremiah 17, verse 14, Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved, for thou art my praise. Behold, they say unto me, Where is the word of the Lord? Let it come now. They associated the word of God to the Messiah. They said when the word comes, he's going to come in the form of the Messiah. That's why when John begins to write John 1 and 1, he says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. And then he takes it a step further in verse 14. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father, for of grace and truth that word that word of life was wrapped in flesh born of a virgin and it walked among us in the form of Jesus Christ it was the promised Messiah that took the role of the word the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us the writings of the prophet Isaiah focused on the Messiah in Isaiah 53 and 5 when he said he would be wounded for our transgressions he would be bruised for our iniquities the chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed the God of the Old Testament that Jehovah Jireh he was robed in flesh and he came in the form of Jesus Christ the God of the New Testament is the same God as the God of the Old Testament hear O Israel the Lord our God is one Lord It was Jesus who brought true healing. His actions redeemed us. We were forgiven and therefore healed by his sacrifice at Calvary. We're healed physically, mentally, spiritually. Jehovah Rapha, 
our healer. It's Jesus Christ. They are the same. Jesus proved he would ultimately, ultimately he would be our savior, but he also proved he is Jehovah Rapha, our healer. If I had the time today, I could go by, I could go down and talk about Jehovah Shaman, and I could talk about Jehovah Jireh, and I could talk about all the different, different ways we knew him in the Old Testament, but every single one of those identities points to right here. We land in the same place. The word becomes flesh and dwells among us. Jesus Christ is our healer. Jesus Christ is our protector. Jesus Christ is our provider. Whatever you need in this place, the I am that I am, he will be who he will be. It is all robed into one, the name of Jesus Christ. That's why we pray in the name. That's why we baptize in the name. That's why we sing in the name. Everything we do, we do in the name. Jesus Christ is Jehovah Rapha, our healer. And as I'm quickly coming to a close, I'm going to take it one step further. Because when Jesus is getting ready, he knows his time is quickly on earth, is quickly coming to a close. He gives a promise. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. And it's already been read. Half of my scriptures were already read before I even got up here today. But when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, the breath of God. There he is, Jehovah Rapha. There he is, the word made flesh, the breath of God, a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them cloven tongues like as a fire and it sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. If you're in this place and you have repented of your sins, if you've been baptized in the only saving name, the name of Jesus Christ, if you've been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, Jehovah Rapha of the Old Testament now dwells on the inside of you. Why should I fear? Why should I be afraid? Jehovah Rapha lives in me. That's why Jesus said in Acts 1, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and Judea and all of Samaria and other most parts of the earth. And these signs, Mark 16 and 17, shall follow them that believe in my name. Shall they cast out devils? They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And here it is why Jehovah Rapha is laying on the inside of me. He's living right here in my life. They 
shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover because Jehovah Rapha is present in our lives. If you're filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost today, you can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Jehovah Rapha dwells in you. I am a strong proponent of the gifts of the Spirit. And as a child of God, each and every one of us can operate in the gifts of the Spirit when we are filled with the Spirit. Because it's not my spirit. It's not my ability. It's not anything about me. It is all in Him. It's all in Him. The mighty God is Jesus. And it's all in Him. And I have His Spirit dwelling on the inside of me. And today in this place, God is about to represent and he is about to demonstrate he is the healer. Musicians would come. People say, I don't know if that is for today. I don't know if God still does those things. Well, you've come too late to tell me that. If I had the time, I could tell you, I've seen the blinded eyes open. I have seen the deaf ears unstopped. I have seen the dead raised. I have seen the lame walk. I have seen miracle after miracle after miracle. I could tell you about my dad. I lived that experience with him. I was in, the, I was in that, 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 that hallway of that hospital when the doctor came out of surgery and said, there's nothing else we can do. And, and he didn't want to, he didn't want to, he wanted kind of sugarcoated what he was saying. But I walked in the hall and I said, doc, I need to know exactly what you mean by your words. What are we facing? How long of a recovery does my dad have? And it was right there in that hospital hallway when it was just me and the doctor. He looked me in the eyes. He said, there is no recovery. Your dad will be dead in a few months. You take him home and you celebrate the holidays. It's your last one. The doctor might have said it, but I know the healer. My dad preached this morning, seven years later. Why? Because because Jehovah Rapha is real. Well, that was seven years ago, yes. But I could talk to you about Rosa, who just this year, we were at their church the end of last year. She couldn't have children. But I was, I was in that spirit. I was in the church, and I felt the spirit. And I felt God tell me, someone is about to be healed. Someone who can't have children is about to be healed. I know that because God did that for us. My wife and I couldn't have kids. And for years, the doctors were right. But I know a God. Today, we got four kids, and they're all being used in the ministry. I'm thankful. And I sat in that service and I gave a testimony and I said, God is about to heal someone of this in their life today. I didn't know it. Rosa was a pastor's daughter-in-law. I didn't know it. They had multiple miscarriages. Couldn't have baby. But I'll tell you what, she is about eight months pregnant right now. They got a baby girl on the way because Jehovah Rapha is a healer. Just in the past few months, 
I've seen a woman with blood cancer healed. I've seen another woman with breast cancer aggressive. They were preparing for surgery, but all of a sudden, the doctor said, I can't explain it, but the cancer's not there anymore. We have where it was there, but now we're showing where it's not. We don't need surgery because Jehovah Rapha was real. I've been in a service just in the past few months where a man needed a knee replacement. He was sitting there and hobbled into service, but we prayed and the next day, he called and told the pastor, God has healed my knee. I'm walking pain-free for the first time and as long as I can remember I was in another service and there was a man that had chronic arthritis he had to walk with a with a walker but we saw him after service the next day we were at the hardware store with the pastor and the man said pastor I don't know what happened but I feel 20 years younger and he was buying supplies to put up a fence that's needed to be put up he said I haven't felt this good in years because just over Rafa is real. I was in a service and a young lady testified. She had been to the doctor, had been in extreme pain for nine months, had two bones growing together in her arm. They were fusing over a pain receptor. And that, I forget the terminology, but it ran all the way up and into her brain. But God healed her. She, she hadn't been able to play the keyboard because of the pain in months. But that night, she played the keyboard. And she testified that God healed her body. I could tell story after story. I'm not talking about years ago. I'm just talking about in the past few months. I have seen God heal. I've seen the miraculous in the past eight months more than I have in eight years. God is doing a great work. God is doing a mighty work. And he sent me to preach on healing, which means I have full expectation. Somebody is going to be healed in this service. But here's the thing is quickly coming to a close. When we think of healing, we think of physical. We talk about the cancer and we talk about the blinded eyes and the deaf ears and the arthritis and all those things. And I'm thankful for every single one of those healings because they are miracles. But the greatest miracle is when this sin-stayed heart makes its way to an altar and throws their hands up in the air and say, God, I surrender. I surrender. I give my life to you. And when the blood of those nail-scarred hands begins to flow into that life, and all of a sudden, forgiveness is felt. All of a sudden, healing takes place. And that old things pass away. And all things become new. That's the greatest miracle that could ever happen in someone's life. My best friend, one of my best friends, well, two of my best friends, one I've already talked about and another one, we're all brothers. We, both of them have mothers that died of cancer. We believe to the very end. 
My best friend Patrick, I was on my face in front of the pulpit uh, three in the morning praying for his mother because uh, I was at the hospice that night with them. Uh, and I felt with everything within me, God was going to heal her. Uh, I felt it for the whole uh, voyage of her walk with cancer. Uh, I preached it every time I was in the pulpit. Uh, I spoke it every time I was around her. Uh, I was 100% sure uh, God uh, was going to heal her. Uh, but that night, uh, as I was listening to Billy Cole preach on miracles, uh, and I was laying on the floor praying, my phone rang at 3 in the morning and it was my best friend Patrick and I got up with all expectation for him to tell me mom is out of the bed and she's walking but that's not what I heard instead I heard she's gone and I thought God I don't understand you're the healer and I struggled with it and I was talking to my friend and he was struggling with it he said, Steve, let me tell you, I was praying this morning, and God spoke to me. And he asked me a question. He said, when has temporary healing taken priority over eternal healing? When has the healing of your body become more important than the salvation of your soul? <laughs> just come to tell somebody uh, the greatest miracle that could ever happen in your life uh, is your name uh, is found uh, in a lamb's book of life uh, he's going to heal somebody's body in this place uh, but God wants to do more than that uh, he wants to save your soul uh, he wants to wash away the sin uh, he wants you baptized in his name uh, he wants you filled with his spirit uh, he wants your name uh, in that lamb's book of life So when we talk about Jehovah Rapha, it's more than physical. Because I take you right back to our scripture text. When God introduces himself as Jehovah Rapha, the healer, he does not heal a body. He turns bitter water sweet. He healed a circumstance, not a body. You're in this place today, and your body may be fine, but your life is upside down. Jehovah Rapha... He came to heal more than just the body. He came to heal the mind. He came to heal the soul. He came to turn your life around. He came to turn your bitter water sweet, your poisonous waters of life sweet. He turned, he's come to turn all that around. He does more than just heal our bodies. He's gonna heal someone's body in this place. I'm not diminishing that, but I'm telling you if you're here, and you need more than the physical healing. Don't think you're excluded because God is here and Jehovah Rapha heals uh, bodies. He heals minds, he heals spirits, and he heals situations. You say, I don't know, my family, my family situation's upside down. Jehovah Rapha wants to heal not only your body and your mind, but he wants to heal your situation. He wants to heal the situation that you're facing. He can do it. But I've been in this situation for so long, I don't think it's ever going to change. Oh, I dare you to step out in faith one more time. I dare you to just believe a little bit longer. I dare you just believe because Jehovah Rapha is in this place. I 
in just a moment, if we all stand, I'm just about, I'm going to call, have an altar call right before they sing. I'm going to pray a prayer of faith. But let me tell you something. Almost every single one of the instances I've told you of miracles of healing, I never laid my hand on that individual. I get no glory and no credit. I preach faith like I've preached today. And I released the gift of faith to operate. And I just simply prayed. So you come up to this altar here in a moment. If I don't lay my hands on you, don't think up for a moment that that matters one bit. Because we're going to pray. And we're going we're gonna to let the gifts of the Spirit operate. And we're just going to allow God to do what he does. Because nobody gets the glory except God. He says, I share my glory with no man. He gets all the glory. But his glory is about to be manifested in this place. And so if you need a miracle in your life, physical, mental, spiritual, something in your family, something on your job, if you'll just step out of your seat and begin to make your way to the front. The healer's in the house today. The miracle worker's in the house today. I'm going to pray a prayer of faith. And God's going to work. God, in your name, I take dominion and authority over every spirit of fear. I take dominion and authority over every spirit of doubt. I take dominion and authority of every spirit of unbelief. I take dominion and authority of every spirit that would try to to block what you are about to do. Every spirit, every everything that would try to hinder what you're about to do in this place. I cast them down. I break their hold. They have no right in this place. I cast them out and I command them to relinquish their hold on your people right now in the mighty name of Jesus. God, I release the peace of God into this place. I release the joy of the Lord, which is our strength, into this place right now. I release faith into this place. Strengthen my brother and my sister even right now. And God, with the authority and power of your name, I release the operation of the gifts of the Spirit. I release the operation of the gift of faith right now in this service. I release the working of miracles into this service right now. I release the gifts of healing into this service right now. I loose them in the mighty name of Jesus. Heal the wounded body. Heal the wounded spirit. Heal the wounded mind. Put that situation back together. Put that family back together. Turn that situation on that job. Move in whatever situation they're facing. I speak it in the name of Jesus. the ministry could help me just begin to lay hands God's doing an incredible work right now as the singers begin to sing God you get all the glory you get all the honor Jehovah Rapha is in this place right now